Hello. How's it going? Hello, Max. Um, we're here. Yeah, we're live. Do I sound good? Yeah, you sound you sound incredible. Amazing. As you've always have. So, this is the first episode of uh, my podcast. Exciting. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So, Max has been all over the U.S. this last year. Well, I said that last time and you corrected me. You said you were in uh, three states, More or right? less. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's all over. It's yeah. not 50 states, but it's... <laughs> there's a mix in there yeah 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 all right so max um has done a lot and here's a quick introduction so max lascombe is a fervent self-improver computer science graduate from columbia university and a dear friend max grew up in paris france and moved to new york city in 2016 max has always been a creator he has formed a note sharing platform called notepit a self-titled youtube channel a company called lean app and countless other projects Max is now the head of development at YouGov Finance after YouGov, based in the UK, bought his startup, LeanApp. Max continues to inspire me and many others with his weekly newsletter, where he details and tracks a beautiful journey of self-improvement in a man-versus-himself odyssey. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. That's, yeah. That was a great introduction. Yeah, pleasure to introduce yourself to yourself. Damn. <laughs> um, no, I mean, that's a lot. I, well, I, Lean app was, uh, I didn't create it all by myself. I want to be clear. You yeah, know, yeah. Was, you have um, yeah. two other founders, right? Uh, three others. So it was four of us total. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and actually two of them like really started it. And I joined the project a bit later. So I didn't, I didn't technically create it. But yeah, I think, I think they would consider me a co-founder at this point. But yeah, <laughs> hey. we did sell the company afterwards. So that was cool. We yeah. can talk about that at some point. Yeah, yeah. No, it's incredible. I mean, on the uh, articles that I read, I, I, I read two of them. Mm. Um, they both listed you guys as all co-founders. So but was it total four employees? Yeah, it was just the four of us. Wow. Two coders. Um, one who's like the, he's now the head of operations, which is kind of what he's always done. Um, just sort of the, I guess he was like the CEO. Uh, and then one for who's doing like marketing, product design, a whole bunch of different cool stuff. Mm. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I'm one of the coders. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Just let, let the world know that. There you go. Uh, <laughs> um, so I guess I guess I definitely mostly want to talk about that. Um, mm. I feel like there's so much to talk about there. Yeah. But um, I, I wanted to briefly introduce like like our relationship i guess so Sounds we were we, we met during nsop um at columbia yeah. um and uh the way we met was i always find it very interesting because at the time like i had francesco's my roommate um who's a good friend of ours and he i like i guess we had the same nsop group and then like we i, I don't What's know NSOP? We, oh yes yeah, so. all the viewers <laughs> it's like um what does it stand for national New student oh <laughs> orientation program that yeah. sounds right right yeah yeah new student orientation program yeah at columbia it's for freshmen um and it introduces people to the city and to new york and i guess mostly to columbia um but anyway we we had met the very first day and yeah. uh yeah it was it was pretty cool i felt like we we all connected pretty quickly and we lived in uh, in wallach which uh <laughs> which is a very interesting building in columbia for sure yeah um yeah, and then we, you and I, became roommates the following year in McBain. Yeah, yeah. in the best room. Yeah, we had the best bedroom. Yeah, ever. It was like a corner room on Broadway. Yeah, so much light. Yeah, Love some good sunlight. In the bedroom. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, and you made a YouTube video there. You made a Columbia University dorm tour that has like a bunch of views, right? Like thirteen k. Does it have thirteen k? I last time I checked, I think, or maybe three k. It was like a. It definitely was at six k at some point, but I haven't checked in a while. Oh, because I haven't done YouTube in a while. We can talk about that. Okay. But, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. What yeah. What do you want? Yeah. Well, I wanted to. I want. I guess we can. We can go there. I wanted to introduce. Yeah. How how we met and things like that. So YouTube, I feel like, is how we got very close to though, because you started making YouTube videos when you were freshman. And you were a star in those videos, of course. <laughs> well, I loved them so much. I um, I thought they were so fun, uh, and and I loved being in them, but uh, a little a little too much, I think. But I really <laughs> I really enjoyed being in them. I mean, I think a lot of people enjoyed you being in the videos as well. I got a lot of good feedback, especially from friends from high school. They all loved you. Oh, I appreciate yeah, that. Wow, funny. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, do you want me to start talking about YouTube and stuff? Yeah, I was gonna ask you, like, what was your well, one, like, when did you first get into YouTube? Because when I got into it, I think the very first people that I was like actually really a part of, it was probably um, like Smosh. I think was my very first introduction. I definitely watched Smosh. I think the very, very first introduction I had was like Ray William Johnson. Oh back, yeah, back in the day. You know, he went to Columbia. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that's wild, right? I yeah, started making videos in Columbia dorms. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Didn't we all? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and then, so then, what was your motivation with starting the YouTube channel? I mean, I think it's, it's something it that, from? I think I had actually made, um, I made some pretty terrible YouTube videos uh, as, a, as a kid. I, not a lot. I had made... I had made one that was um, a parody of uh, uh, Lady Gaga's paparazzi. <laughs> what? It was called Papa Gino's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've lost that video since. I lost access to the YouTube account and I've lost the video. This is not a joke. I made an actual song called Papa Gino's <laughs> by Lady Gaga. But it's out there like public. Like it's on the... I think it's been deleted. So oh. I went looking for it at some point. It was pretty terrible. This was in, um, I think it was in seventh grade. So oh, God. It, it was not good. Um, so I, I'd always had that interest, I guess, because I was already trying back then. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, when I got to college, I thought it would be a fun thing. I was watching a lot of David Dobrik. Not that he is, not, I'm not a huge fan of him anymore since he was, uh, recently some bad stuff came out, but, yeah. um, I liked his, his style definitely freshman year and he was all the rage and thought, you know, why can't other people make videos like him or just hang out with your friends and edit down the bits to just make some funny videos. Right. So, You're yeah. starting. So we were talking about YouTube. Um, oh, right. So your, um, your newsletter, um, I guess this is a quick gap pivot, but um, that thing that you say often, consume less, create more, is actually my prime motivation for this podcast. Wow. Yeah. I, I wanted to tell you. I was waiting so long to tell you that. <laughs> uh, and I want to tell you here. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, you. it's amazing. Like I, um, I wrote it down on my notes. Damn. It's, um, where'd you get that from? Like, where does that come from? Uh, Did you come I, up with I that? No, I didn't. I, I mean... It's not like a quote, like, I don't know where I got it, if I did get it, but I, it's, I don't think it's the newest, uh, I, I didn't, I definitely didn't invent anything there, right? But, uh, it's, no, it's yeah. a cool idea. I, I like the, it's also a very succinct way of, succinct way of saying it. No, so that's, uh, 
yeah i mean i was just like spending a lot of time watching tiktoks um and like by a lot of time like 10 hours not 10 hours i was like spending 10 hours a day on my phone somehow and also had a full-time job it was uh, a bit out of control and all the while i also wanted to make tiktoks make i mean i've always wanted to like create videos and stuff like that and that was stopping me from doing that so yeah i, I have to create more consume less <laughs> there you go yeah and wait so the motivation came from your screen time like well, yeah, you had the yeah. newsletter before though right uh i mean i had yeah i mean there was it was definitely like i, I sort of that was multiple goals initially that i sort of put into one into like the consume less because i i just yeah i've always been someone who like i would want to be creative i like you know i've done like art and videos bunch of different things so i want to be like creating stuff but sometimes i either watch too much netflix or youtube or tiktok now it's tiktok um <laughs> so it's yeah i mean i just wanted to create more and then like in a more recent newsletter i really like looked into how can i like effectively reduce my screen time and that's when i really looked at the numbers looked at like what really i was spending a lot of time on um and like just figured out some methods of how to reduce that how to change that yeah yeah no it's awesome i i i um i feel like we can get further into it actually but i do want to introduce the newsletter slightly okay. because um so you got the newsletter you make it through substack yeah and that what what is that exactly like i feel like it's a big thing in like silicon valley or like is, is that true like yeah. it's among a lot of tech people right maybe um i i just saw i just had some friends that started using it it's just really i like how like simple it is and how there's not like a ton of customization it's not like a you know like a, a blog where you can change all the colors and fonts and stuff like that it's literally all you can do is type in you know do you make the text bold different sizes and then it's a newsletter and a blog so it's a website that it gets sent out to everything to sorry everyone who's subscribed but it also you have a website where you can go back and look at um the posts so that they're all in one location as well. They don't, don't only live in people's mailboxes, which oh. is cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And how did you hear about it? Or Yeah, it was just from? a friend. I, I can't remember who the first one. Yeah, just a few friends were using it just to post some some various different things. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a good good platform. I like it. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And, um, you know, everyone should subscribe to the newsletter. It's, a, it's incredible. You. And Niv and I, Niv, my roommate, uh, we're telling you about how great we think it is. Like we think you're an, you're an awesome writer. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank no, you. seriously, it's awesome. My mom tells me I'm a good writer. <laughs> it's nice to hear from other people as well. Yeah, no, I'm really glad to hear that. You know, it's really it's really weird. I feel like I didn't appreciate good writing until I left college, like or left an academic setting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it can be hard, definitely. I mean, I wasn't reading that much. That's one thing I I do now, way more since I started the newsletter is reading. Oh, yeah. um, just because I felt like I didn't have the time, but it was definitely something that I always wanted to do. And reading in an academic context can definitely be hard to um, like to stay motivated because a lot of the you're either doing it for homework or it's like a random one-off book that someone recommended. But if you don't have like the habit of reading consistently, you're just gonna either you know read it in one sitting because it's a good book or just never pick it up again. So right, yeah. And you've read how many books already? I think I just finished my 16th book of the year. Dang, like that. yeah. that's crazy. And we're not even done with the year. Yeah. Like, wow. 
Wow, that's awesome. And what and was your goal? It's just 30 minutes a day. So. My goal is 30 minutes a day. And oh. I, I just keep up with that. No, no, no quantity of books? No, no. I, didn't, I, I mean, that's the th- I, I think a lot of people do like page numbers per day or like a quantity of books for the whole year. No, I think I've been sort of playing with different models, but I think the like a certain amount per day is a good metric. And the time means that like, you know, some books I'm going to be reading much faster because there's less um, like creative like style that goes into it. But some like a good novel, sometimes you want to sit with it and kind of and so it's I want to do the time versus like pages because then you feel like, you know, if you have to cover 50 also, you know, some pages have way more word like depending on the book. Right. It's just so now 30 minutes a day has worked pretty well for me. Yeah, no, that that's a great structure. It like it really depends like for me about what I'm doing to set time. I also have the worst conceptualization of time like in yep. the whole world like a minute will pass or an hour <laughs> and I I'm like okay, it feels the same. Um but like so I what you're talking about like um how some books will take a while. I read this book called Super Intelligence by uh, Nick Bolstrom. Have you heard yeah. of it? No, I haven't. Oh, it's, it's really good. it's really good. Should um, I add it to my Goodreads? Oh, 100%. I think okay. by by the way, I think you you would get more of it than obviously I do because it's it's a <laughs> uh, so Nick Bolstrom is the author and he's like a famous I think computer science philosopher. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, and he and he really explores like AI and like what it mm. he like to find super intelligence. Um, and, and Elon cool. Musk and Bill Gates talk about it, but uh, my point with mentioning it is like that book I've been sitting on it for, or not sitting on it, but I've, I read like a page probably every day, but I make such slow progress because it's so, there's like so much to grasp. Like each page has like so many things um, and it just like, there's like so much to just absorb that I feel like it takes a while. So I started doing that thing that you said in your newsletter where you add another book. Like mm. you just like grab another book. Oh yeah, that's that's been a game changer. It's yeah. just like reading multiple books at the same time. And I, I've been doing it like even way more, like at some point I was reading like five books just cause I kept starting some and I was just, they weren't, I wasn't drawn to them. And you just like, that's one thing that like whenever I, d- I, I've tried to do like 30 minutes a day in the past, like in past years, I obviously didn't have like the newsletter as a clear structure to, to like keep up with it. Um, but um, what I would do is, yeah, I'd pick up a book and then if I was a few few chapters in and it just got boring, I'd just like not pick it up again rather than, you know, and, uh, yeah. And so to change that, pick up a new book yeah. and eventually you're going to find something that's exciting because there's a lot of exciting books out there. So Right, yeah. And yeah. then I, what I've found also is when you do end up finishing another book, oftentimes I'm excited to get back to one of the books that I had put down just because, you know, you sort of you know time the absence makes the heart grow fonder you know what they say right that's true wow that's uh that's really insightful no i (laughs) no i agree with you i i um i don't think i've ever picked up like five books at a time that's i mean that's awesome and what's really cool too is you'll you'll read like such a vast variety of books right like you don't stick from like you go from fiction to non-fiction like how do you determine what to read i mean i think just this year because it's like a new goal that i'm trying to i mean at this point it's like pretty set in stone because it's been going on for like seven months but yeah um i, I kind of didn't want to limit myself to anything i i feel like i do get more out of the non-fiction books and the fiction books often like the fiction books can be fun um but i it's kind of hard to draw like clear lessons from them which uh, you know it's 
I guess that's not what they're meant for, right? But um, with, whereas like some of these nonfiction books, I feel like are like life-changing books to, to read. So yeah. um, I, I've toyed with the idea of maybe next year limiting what type of book I, I, I'm going to read. Um, but for now, yeah, I just wanted to not add any pressure on like what type of, or even like the, you know, how good of a book it had to be. Like if, if there's a book that's not, very academic or something but that seems fun like i'll pick it up because i don't want to yeah i just want to keep reading yeah yeah no that's awesome yeah just like just reading in general i guess is 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 really cool you know sometimes i i try to get away with with the concepts of reading like just by articles or like a bunch of posts that i'll read or emails Mm. like i have like i'm sure you have a bunch of newsletters too that get sent to your email Mm. that like i read off yeah it can be hard to to keep up with them for sure no, so I, I just do yeah thirty minutes of a book every day, and then the other stuff is when I have time. And and what other goals are on your newsletter? So the goal uh, did you say that like what the newsletter is about like the how it's like to set should I talk about yeah. how I started it and stuff? Yeah 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 okay. So I started it in um, basically in January. It was uh, I called it originally terrible name, but it was Max's Accountability Newsletter, right. which says what it is a bit more than the current name, which is Life to the Max. But it's, <laughs> it's, way less catchy so <laughs> I felt like I had to change it as soon as I started like sharing the articles that I was posting but um uh no basically I I wanted to set myself some golden new year's resolutions that's why I started it in January and um just keep on track with them so once a week I post a newsletter uh that's one of the goals to post one a week um and I just keep track of um how the goals are going how my progress is is you know how how I'm progressing towards the, each goal and um, just sort of documenting some of the process, what I've found works and doesn't work. Right. Uh, and things what, like that. what are the goals? So the goals are post one newsletter a week, right. read 30 minutes a day, work out. The original goal was work out once a week, which I've actually already, that's the first goal I achieved. I've been working out more than that. Um, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we have a video format here. Exactly. You know, show it off. Exactly. <laughs> got my best shirt too oh know, that's true M&M. yeah yeah killing it um then uh, there's 10 total so oh post one tiktok a week because that's sort of the creating thing that i was talking about and you have two tiktoks right yeah yeah so um yeah one, I, I started initially with a, a cooking tiktok max is a chef yeah this is spelled z-e it's meant to sound like a french accent so basically someone with a french accent saying max the chef i don't know if that makes sense let me hear it max the chef (laughs) there you go um sounds like francesco trying to mimic your your accent (laughs) i mean well so yeah so i wanted to create that that's kind of what i started with i was having fun with those videos but they were taking a lot of time to to make and that's one reason i kind of stopped with youtube is I was having a lot of fun with making the videos, but they would take so long and the response wasn't like proportionate to how long it takes, which makes sense. Like I can't expect a big response like or views or likes or whatever the metric you want to track is, but I can't expect a big response without, you know, a big audience to start with, but it can be pretty demoralizing when you have like you spend, like I, I was telling you before the podcast that like some of the videos I was spending, it was like two hours to record and then like 15 hours to edit and then you get like 50 views and you're like <laughs> damn like was it was it all worth it i had fun doing it you know but if if i'm not getting the response like 
maybe people don't like it. Maybe I should, you know, try something else. And I think then I got really into TikTok um, last year, you know, sort of when quarantine happened, stuff like that. Um, and TikTok, there was obviously a time limit to the videos. You have to, well, originally, now now you can make three-minute TikToks, but initially it was like one minute was the, the limit. So you have to, you can't, it's hard to spend 15 hours editing a one-minute video, you know? Right. So it, it kind of limits how much time you can put in, which is good. So when I started the cooking videos, that I was already like, reducing the time quite considerably um it was taking a lot of time if anything to film and then much less time to edit which was nice um but even that like kind of was a lot of pressure because it also meant like you know I, I really enjoy cooking but it, it added pressure to that process where i also had to like cook certain meals that would look good on film that wouldn't like so it, right. it was just like a lot of there was still too much pressure where i ended up not doing the goal um, uh, or not achieving that as, as much as I wanted to. Um, and so more recently, I think I started it like maybe three or four weeks ago, created a new TikTok account under my name at Max Lascombe, uh, where I just kind of talk about, I mean, the stuff I'm talking about here, the newsletter type stuff, the goals, how I'm achieving them, what habits I'm setting. And those I really lowered the bar of how much time i'm like I, i'm literally filming it in app maybe yeah. cutting it a little bit doing some captions and then posting it so it, it'll take me you know 10 minutes from like the idea to posting and that's i mean i i'm not getting like a crazy response yet but i've only posted like 20 um so but it's it, it's definitely so far a good process and i'm able to with with a video that short i'm actually able to add it to my daily routine mm. which means i'm way more likely to to actually get get posting you know right right yeah yeah no that's awesome i i've seen a few of them when i was uh when i was doing some research yeah what do you yeah. think <laughs> they're they're awesome um do you know who justin khan is no um he's a wait really justin khan wow i don't think so that's crazy he's um He's the founder of Twitch, um, and he's like a really big. I do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I just didn't know his name, but I've I've seen some stuff he's he's posted. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, because he, he, I yeah, that's why I was like, that's crazy, because I feel like he's such a viral sensation right now. But um, yeah, he, you you remind me a bit of him in some of them, because <laughs> have you seen his TikToks? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can see the the parallels, <laughs> <laughs> especially your uh your startup one. I think um. There is one, or I'm sure, I think you have a few of them where we talk about it, but there's one I think that you say, how I sold my company or something in three steps or something of yeah, that nature. Yeah, I mean, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying to make it a little clickbait or something. But yeah, no, it, it works. Yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. Um, no, that's that's sick. I So I actually had a little bit of information on um, on TikTok, which I thought was would be kind of interesting to talk about. Yeah, let's hear so it. So the Wall Street Journal, mm. they um, they went into the TikTok algorithm, right? Mm. They uh, they really went through it, and obviously, I think it's been all the rage since like a uh, social dilemma. Have you seen that, by the way? Yeah, that was a big thing I, I spoke about in my newsletter about my screen time. Where, I mean, basically the three steps I went through to reduce my screen time were first turning off notifications and all like social media apps other than messaging apps actually mm. turned off notifications on everything but messaging apps so that the only notifications I'm getting are 
like people trying to contact me versus like Instagram saying like, Hey, this person liked your photo. Come, you know, right. And then come you come spend you. an hour with us, please. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so did that. I actually deleted a lot of, in, of social media apps and just, I go on them through like Safari, which makes the experience much less yeah. addictive because it's a terrible experience. <laughs> you still get the same content though. So it works out. Um, and then also just setting like time limits. Anyway, didn't mean to hijack your question. No, 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 that, no. That th- stuff I got perfect. from the movie, from the that that documentary. Really great. No, no, that's perfect. So the the three methods, um, which have worked really well for you, right? Like amazingly well. Like I. Yeah, I went down from like you know, over. I said like eight plus in the newsletter, but some days it was literally like twelve hours on my phone. <laughs> which was like I I don't know how I was doing that, but you're I not was, you're not the only. I remember one. posting about it, and I was like, oh yeah, this week I spent like 50 hours on my phone and someone was like no that was this year right like francesco said like y- did you mean this year it's like no no that was this week it's like <laughs> it's a full-time job <laughs> yeah. so um but no i was able to reduce it from like eight plus hours to like two and a half it's actually been a bit up these past two weeks because i've been away from my girlfriend so i like right i talked to her like an hour on the phone but we can see that it's like yeah it's gone down quite a bit yeah it's like yeah like down to like two and a half hours basically a day so wow weight reduced i mean that that's like really you know what's so funny that's such a flexible thing i feel like like um when you meet people and you talk about screen time like so many people i mean myself included like it's uh it's definitely really rare to see someone below four like it's just like the average is probably eight i would assume that's why I was even like toying with the idea of getting like a flip phone or something like that. Because they make some, there's a new Nokia phone that where you can still get like WhatsApp and Messenger and things like that. But it's like a lot of the social media apps like just don't work, which could be cool. Um, but then I was also, I ended up landing on a, getting an Apple Watch, which uh, I think you, you actually suggested I get one, which was... Uh, it's been great so far it's also great for like workouts and yeah. keeping track of like calories that you you expense things like that right. it's, it's really good but um what i've liked so far is just like yeah you get your notifications but you're not gonna necessarily like pick up the app right then and there because it's in your in your watch yeah um which means that there's theoretically you're reducing your pickups um, which is good yeah yeah no i agree with you i mean that's i think that's the way that i've reduced mine like i did all your methods um that you suggested which were just recap um putting all notifications turning all notifications off except for when p- actual humans can contact you exactly, um yeah. and then what were the other two uh, uh just like deleting some apps and then setting like app limits on yeah. certain apps because even um what's good is like s- the app limits will often work also with like safari so if I'm going on Instagram.com yeah, instead that. of the Instagram app and I have like a five minute limit on Instagram per day, it'll also block the website, which is great. Right. You know what's so funny? Um, and this is this is so great because I love talking about this concept. Um, have you ever heard of, well, well now, I, now it might sound like I'm going overly intellectual, but have you ever heard of a concept called Wu Wei? No, what's that? So it's, um, it basically means, and it, oh man, like it's really hard to define. Um, and I'm sure a lot of East Asian studies professors would be, uh, they, they, I feel like people get so nitty about the, the definition, but yeah. um, essentially it's like the act of nothing. So it's like, it comes from Taoism. Um, and essentially okay. it's like you, um, the concept of doing very, you like do less, you like stop getting in your own way. 
um robert downey jr talks a lot about it it Interesting. And like a lot of people talk about it they don't use that specific word but yeah. i think it's one of the greatest words because it's a lot like the flow state um so like and and i mentioned this because when uh i delete a lot of dating apps um yeah. and like i put a lot of screen times on dating apps i started getting like way more dates it was like super weird like like trying less like i don't know if it's the algorithm or something or like but it was like caring less about things like i'm sure you found this to be true too in your life like and you care less and like focus less on something like it works out better yeah yeah I feel. no that makes sense yeah i mean i i think about that concept a lot like i'm like sometimes i'll be like oh i'm caring too much and then i'll like prioritize other components mm-hmm. of life and uh things work out really well it's like yeah i mean weird. that's kind of yeah it kind of goes back to what i was saying about like spending too much time making youtube videos where i felt like you know if I spend I f- if I can spend less time if I like in a way care less about the quality of what I'm doing and I'm able to put out way more content like it's more likely that it's gonna end up in front of someone's face and someone's gonna like it yeah. and I'm gonna you know get a new subscriber rather than spending like caring really deeply about it and putting hours and hours in it uh, and not getting a re- good response and then feeling like you don't want to make another one you know right right yeah no exactly and did you have this similar mindset when like you were working on uh the lean app um i guess in, in some ways yeah what one one thing that i think our, our team is really good at doing is like prioritizing um like what we have to do um like basically we so when i started the way should i talk about like how the team was formed and stuff yeah like yeah that. let's yeah, go so. let's run it back sure so um basically my friend from high school luke who was that like head of operations i was saying he's like the the ceo of the of our team kind of um he contacted me i think in march of 2020 so this was like peak quarantine we were finishing up college um and he's Bef- like before like we had been kicked out or after this was after after so it was probably late march yeah um and yeah, he basically said like, "Hey, we need help um, with uh, with finishing up this app," and I had some extra time, so I said, "Yeah." Um, so there was already another coder, and there was a third guy that he had like hired to to do some programming that I think just like ghosted him overnight. <laughs> it, was, it was a little weird. So um, well, so yeah, I mean, I I, I joined initially just as like freelance. Um, it wasn't like you know I was integrating the team or anything. Just yeah. uh, I was gonna help out because I'd um, built and released some apps in the past. Um, which we can talk about too. That oh yeah. Cool. Um, but um, so I said yeah, and then we started working on that. Eventually, you know, we f- finished college, graduated. I went back to France for a bit last because uh, I'm French I'm a, for the viewers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we eventually released the app. I think like three months after I started in late June. Um, and yeah, one thing is sort of we we what we're able to do is like set ourselves deadlines and. Um, you know, we'll, late we'll June of tw- sorry, 2020. Okay. So it's like a year, a year and a month ago or a year and two months ago, something so, like that. So, so Luke, um, and sorry to cut you off for it. Oh. Um, but so just to get like the full perspective, cause I don't even know the full story mm-hmm. either. Um, so Luke had founded this app yeah. in with his, uh, with the, the other coder, um, Arthur, Arthur, uh, it's Arthur, but without the H. So Arthur, Arthur. It's, he's, um, from Estonia. Wow, that's that's quite beautiful. Does it go yeah. by art or no? Uh, I think it goes by tur actually. <laughs> wow, no, that's, that's true. I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a joke. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, you should go by axe. That that would be awesome. 
Uh, no. Now it sounds like Ricky Marlin. <laughs> Hello. Are you Sorry. Fun of my no, no, color? no. You are awesome. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay, so that but the other guy, um, he was a software engineer. Um, yeah, he was um, Arthur. He did. Um, he was actually doing a PhD in machine learning oh. uh, in the UK. Yeah, he, oh damn! He was. We actually took him out of. He, he ended up not finishing the PhD, even though he was doing. Wow. He was using using machine learning to find like cancer cells and stuff. Oh my god! All right. Well, my total respect for this guy. <laughs> yeah, wow. He's, he's pretty cool. Wow. Um, and then uh, yeah, Luke has always been. We'd actually worked on some projects before. Um, we had made like. I think in freshman year, it's, I'd worked uh, freshman year of college. He had like asked me to build a thing with him. With um, we basically made like a, so, a political social media. I type remember thing. this. It didn't, yeah. it didn't like pick up at all, but it was it was a lot of fun. It was basically a response to the whole problem of like eco chambers that we were seeing with uh, you know Facebook and stuff like that with the 2016 election. Um, wow, we wanted you, guys, to, you guys were on that relatively early. I feel like like yeah, I mean we. I mean I think. I can't remember. Maybe he like had written an essay about it. And so he was like into that concept. And then basically the idea was like making a social media platform where your political opinions, like the actual, like what you identify as would be like front and center. That way, you know, that like, oh, out of my followers, I know, or like the people I follow, like 90% of them are leftists or like yeah. right wing. So, you know, that you're not you're not just thinking like, oh, I have a very diverse, you know, following. I, I know that um, what I'm getting is like all the opinions, but, you know, you know right. clearly up front that you are in an eco chamber, in <laughs> fact, and that you should maybe follow some other people. Uh, didn't end up picking off, but it was a, uh, picking up, but it was a cool idea. Yeah. Mm. No, that is a really good idea. And yeah, so he's always been in that, that mindset of like creating projects, stuff like that. He is, you know, he's always has new ideas. So, um, uh, yeah, so he brought, he started with that, that with Archer. I came in and there was a, another guy who was Luke's friend from, um, uh, from college, Tom, who came in as like a marketing guy and now he's doing a lot of like product design. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. That's really cool. And so Luke knew you and Luke went to the same high school. Then he, how did he meet, um, the rest of the gang? So he, uh, Archer also went to our high school. I didn't know him in high school though. He just, uh, I, but I met him through Luke for this project, but um, Luke and Arthur had been in class together in high school, and I think they they went to college together at some point or something. Mm. I can't remember exactly. Um, and then, yeah, Luke and Tom went to the same college. Wow. Wow. Your, your high school, it's not the International School of Paris, is it? It's, uh, no, it's uh, called... Ecole Jeanine Manuel, EJM, shout out. Hey, that's beautiful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's yeah. A, but like bilingual school, yeah. Oh, awesome. Wow, French is, is such a beautiful language. <laughs> I uh, I love hearing it through the mic, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that's awesome. I was going to, I was going to hopefully, well, I cannot pronounce what you just said, so I was going to make a joke about like, you know, like... EJM, you can say. E EGM? EJM. EJM. Yeah, EJM. Yeah. I was going to say like the EJM mafia, like, you know, the PayPal <laughs> mafia. You, go, yeah, yeah. you know, it's really wild. The YouTube founders were from PayPal. Um, really? Yeah. Like that. it's an insane, it's an insane list. Um, YouTube, Yelp. Um, the Yelp founder also came from PayPal. Like all, yeah. that was a whole like uh, Peter Thiel and Elon Musk gang. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's really, it's really yeah. impressive. They're ruling I, the world, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, one Canadian at a time. Um, wow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so 
it sounds like Luke um, is really um, he's a very creative guy, and and he got you guys together. Um, yeah, he's a great leader. Yeah, he, he's he's what like he's the glue, definitely. Oh really? Wow, that's yeah. so awesome. What what can like how how do you think that functions in terms of like he's always been like that when you guys were growing up or? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I only really met him in the like last two three years of um, of high school, um, but yeah, I mean he's. I think he's always been on that grind you know trying he, to come up with cool ideas and stuff and i i assume he's like very thoughtful about like other people and things like that i i, I, I assume so, that yeah. makes people of great later that's awesome yeah. and so uh, sorry i get man we're really uh we're really talking about luke up here well very nice to meet you luke, if i ever meet you um but anyway so you guys made that's so awesome you guys only had four, four employees um and the way you had described it is that it's like the uk version of Truebill. Um. Yeah, that's the easy way to. So the the way, yeah, the initial app was a subscription management platform, um, and this was based in the UK because that's where they started. Um, and so the way it works is you just add your bank account through. Um, it's open banking technology, so it's uh, in the US. It's not very regulated at all. You can just you know connect with any bank um, and get your data with. Whereas in the UK they kind of set up this whole regulatory body around it, um, which makes things, in some ways it's better because it's, I mean, it's heavily regulated, so users are protected with their data. Um, and there's like this whole branch of government that takes care of that called the FCA, the, I don't even know, financial something, something. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're like registered with them, stuff like that, they control what kind of like which companies are actually allowed to get banking data yeah. um, through open banking but yeah so that's one one of the stuff some a of the stuff that Luke sorry what is open banking exactly it, it's basically that like standard that like regulatory thing that the uk has, has put in place and which is like more advanced than any other country i think europe is probably getting there they're probably because they're pretty big on protecting their users data but uh, i think the uk just got there faster um, it's just like that, yeah, sort of any organization that wants to deal with banking data, which is like your transactions basically. So like, you know, if I, I went to a coffee shop, there's a transaction in my banking app. If another app wants to get that data, they go through open banking. I give them permission. They can get those transactions, um, and then use them for whatever. So what mm -hmm. we were using them for was to analyze for recurring payments. So right. anything that anything on a regular basis we'd see you know you pay for netflix spotify hulu um uh, we can say like this is how much you're spending on subscriptions every month every year um and you know make it we made it easy to cancel those subscription subscriptions um if, if you know they the user wanted to so it was just a a way you know to i think a lot of people are subscribed to a lot of things that they don't even remember subscribing right. to like amazon prime stuff like that so right. it's just a sort of a way to get get on top of that um, wow yeah. no no that's awesome you know it's it's wild too because things really do add up and it's like uh very yeah. interesting how you can think about um costs like through a spread out format as well like you know paying 875 for example a month it sounds like a little bit and then if you multiply that by 12 you know yeah, then exactly. you're like wow i'm paying over you know nearly a hundred dollars for for something yeah that's when our app had like a big number like you're spending you could be saving this much per year if you cancel these subscriptions that's, right it's a big number sometimes yeah, yeah i could imagine and are you guys like the in terms of like competitors and like marketplace and stuff are you guys like the number one or 
I mean, yeah. So in the UK, because it's um, it's very regulated. It kind of limits the um the entry for that the industry, which is um which is cool because that then that's part of what Luke did for those first six months, even like before I joined the project, was he was going through all the regulatory stuff. Like wow, he had to that's we had so to cool. come up, we had to write up like fifteen policies for like how we manage the data. Um, how do we delete data? I mean, I don't even know what's what's in there. He took care of that, <laughs> thank God. Um, and uh, he basically got that approval um, yeah. to, and, and that's kind of why we were bought out because we had that um, that expertise, getting that open banking regulation stuff, um, right. and we actually like knew what the transaction data looks like when we actually get it from the banks and how to analyze it because we'd done it for we did it for a particular use case which was subscriptions but um our new um our new company is yeah just analyzing just finding a bunch of data points based on that yeah wow no that's 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 so cool so, wow i had no idea that it was like um there was that kind of barrier to entry um that, yeah, that's yeah, amazing that, that's the thing that's why i think the U.S. has a lot of people in that space because it's yeah. it, it's not as regulated, and that's why we were able to kind of be the first in the U.K. Um, to do that. Which yeah, it was wow. lucky. Yeah. Wow, that, that's really cool. Wow, yeah. Well, Truebill, the I, I've never used it, but it, the website is very nice. And yeah. um, it, no, it sounds it sounds amazing. So, how did you um, go about like knowing what to code? Like, I mean given that there was like no one in, in front of you, right? I, mm -hmm. I guess um, Artur, if I'm pronouncing that yeah. correctly, I guess he was, um, was he kind of like a senior kind of guy or did you guys both? It was just, um, we just figured it out. You know, we just, I mean, both of us have been coding. He's obviously coding for, um, from school and I've been coding for, I guess it's been 11 years now. I think I started coding when I was 12. So, oh, that's yeah. so beautiful. Um, wow. Yeah, no, I mean, it, that's always how I've, coded I mean, that's what I, I started coding in order to create project like create apps and things like that and it's I think that's just like a mindset of rather than having set like deadlines and a boss telling you what to do you have to kind of come up with that yourself and that's where I was kind of getting to earlier where um, I think what our team does really well is like restricting the um, the uh, what's it called basically restricting the requirements of the app as much as possible so we can get something out as early as possible sort of like an mvp type thing you know yeah. but um basically what, what, we, what's mvp uh minimum viable product oh god yeah in yeah tech, no I, so. i've heard of this yeah, I, yeah. i've seen y combinator videos exactly, yeah exactly <laughs> so we want to we want to get basically we wanted to release the initial app as fast as possible so if that means you know restricting what it can actually do to just a few pages the most basic functionality like that's what i think that's what we've uh, really perfected is sort of getting to the finish line as fast as possible and then adding stuff on top of that later down the line wow that, that's that's awesome and when you guys were going through the process did you ever think about an accelerator like uh i mean yeah we were really um it was just the four of us and we were a very small company we had talked about like we'd talk to a few um like potential investors stuff like that but right. nothing really came to, i think we were just so small um we think at the height of it we have like like 2000 users so it wasn't it was never like a huge app but um yeah then we it was kind of fizzling out because i started my job um they were kind of starting to do other stuff as well um but then we suddenly got this interest from 
from YouGov um, because we had that expertise in this um, sort of the the open banking stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So YouGov, what what are they exactly? Yeah. So YouGov is a it's a publicly traded company in the UK that does um, market research and like data analytics stuff like that for some uh, for lots of clients. Um, the way they started out really was doing like surveys. So they just have a huge user base of people that they send out surveys to, to just get, you know, opinions on things. But also that means, you know, they end up having lots and lots of data points on all their users because of these surveys that they answer. So they can, you know, they could select a subset of their users. When I say a lot of users, it's like millions of users. So they can select like a subset because they've been, I think they started in the nineties or something. So they've been, I imagine like, yeah, Yeah. 30. So, um, so they can, you know, select a subset of their sample. They say, uh, we want uh, all, people age 25 to 30 living in London who have four kids oh, and wow. shop at this supermarket. You know, like they can yeah. do that. Um, but what they're slowly um, getting into is actual verified data. Um, and this this was all in like the articles that were public about, about this uh, acquisition. But so they're getting into things like actually getting banking data so that rather than having someone say yeah i think i have a netflix subscription and a hulu subscription now we know because we can see what they actually pay for we know exactly what they're doing instead of you know what they you know if you don't even remember what you're subscribed to how are you going to talk about it on a survey and be accurate about it right 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 wow no that's really cool and now you work for them right for for you guys yeah exactly so we what's cool is like we kind of stayed as an independent team they're kind of letting us do our thing. I mean, we have like very long-term goals with them, but um, yeah, we're basically building out open banking stuff for, for them. Yeah. Wow. So you're head of development, right? I'm head of development. We're all head of something, the four of us. Wow. You know, it's just a four-person team. It's <sighs> yeah. so cool. Yeah. Wow. I had no idea um, that it was, uh, I, like I, I had a sense that it was, it was obviously a big deal, but you know, now that we're conversating about it, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, coming to terms with how much of a bigger deal it is. I mean, it's it, it's it is a big deal. At the same time, it was a lot of luck. It's not like we went out of our way to try and get acquired and stuff like that. It was a lot of you know, right place, right time type thing. You right. Know, it was um, we did have an app that worked with open banking stuff like that, and they happened to be looking to purchase an app or like buy a company that did open banking and we just you know the fact that we were small if anything made us more attractive because they didn't have to buy a very right. well-established company for more money so it worked out yeah wow wow no that's that's incredible and so at YouGov um they're and they're starting the YouGov finance team or is yeah that's what our team has become so lean app is now has been re- renamed to Yuga Finance. Wow, and you and you quit your job, right? You're so you used to be when we graduated from Columbia. Um, when did you get your job at Capgemini? Um, I think I interviewed like October of 2019. Oh, um, yeah, that was like I was doing the whole career fair stuff like that. Yeah, I remember. Um, so I got, I probably got the offer in like November of that year. Oh wow, yeah, and then you knew you, you would start like in July. Of yeah, I next mean, I was year. supposed to start. No, I was supposed to start June, like a week after graduation, which oh, would wow. have sucked. Like yeah. I was 
um, you know, you want to have a bit of vacation, but right. well, what ended up happening is the world shut down and my start date was delayed until August. So I had sort of those three months to work on another project, like an app on the side. Wow, right? so, that's, yeah. so, that's so awesome. Yeah, wow, worked that, that worked out, yeah. Oh, this is this is incredible. I, I really didn't know this whole story. Yeah, yeah. Like I knew bits and pieces of it, but it almost feels like you're I'm putting like the whole video together. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. And that's why I kind of was saying it fizzled out a little bit, because then eventually August 17th, 2020, I did start working full time at um, Capgemini, which is a consulting agency. And uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I didn't have that much time. I did put in a little bit of time on the app, but it wasn't, you know, rather than doing 50 hours a week, it was like five or ten so yeah obviously things slow down and at Capgemini you were a tech consultant yeah, yeah exactly so we'd be put on uh, they trained us in some um, technologies I was doing AWS um, so I just learned about like generally the the services and then you're put in teams with more senior consultants and it was kind of cool we basically depending on the project you can build a bunch of different things but you're basically building things for their clients so it can be an app, uh, yeah, an app, a website, um, you know, really cool. telecommunications thing, yeah, a yeah. bunch of stuff. Wow, that's 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 also really cool. Yeah. Wow, did, and you know, from your LinkedIn post, at least it looked like everybody's really friendly in at the <laughs> oh, yeah. at the company. No, I had a great time at Capgemini. Yeah. It, it was, um, I mean, in, in some ways, I was sad to go. I think it was it it, it was just a really great experience with the the people that I met yeah. there, and the I was telling this to Bridget last night, but the um, like they had a two-month training program at the beginning that was really awesome. You know, it got me up to speed. Kind of in in some ways, I feel like it cured like my like social anxiety in a lot of ways because it was it just like it was kind of a boot camp where you had to you were forced to be in call like present to clients stuff like that and you yeah. just can't you can't afford to be anxious. You know, you just have to I love they just that. throw you in. Can't and, afford um, to be anxious. Yeah. So yeah. You, you just, it, it was a great experience and all the people I met there were super nice, super smart. Um, no, it was a great environment. Wow. Wow. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I had seen, I like saw your LinkedIn post throughout your, throughout your journey yeah. and yeah, people would comment and be very nice. You know, like I work in, in banking and like, People aren't super nice um, <laughs> on average, but it's a when you cutthroat and stuff. Yeah, so I, I think, uh, but the people that are nice, it's like it's so refreshing. Like, yeah. uh, so when I when I look, go on LinkedIn and I see people be nice, it, mm. it, it like makes me happy. It's it's so weird. I was telling my roommate like I got sick in, a lot in July, and I was like, yeah. I was a little excited at first because sometimes I get a little excited because I'm like I. You don't know how good it feels to be healthy until you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but then I ended up being sick for way longer than I expected, and I didn't like yeah. it anymore. But um, what did you have? It wasn't COVID, right? No, no, it was not. <laughs> thankfully, at least I mean, I'm pretty sure it was not. But <laughs> you get tested? <laughs> no, should I have? Oh well. Uh, no, I don't think it was COVID. I was, you know what? I've had COVID. I believe um, before. Well, I tested positive like in January. Did you ever yeah. have COVID? No. Oh. Well, well, you're not, you're not, you're not lucky enough. Uh, I <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I had tested positive in January. I know what COVID feels like. I didn't feel like COVID. Um, but anyway, yeah, I had really early in July, I had been sick. And then I, I remembered what it felt like to be healthy. Um, yeah. and, and it's amazing. <laughs> I also, well, the, the sad thing is, um, which, you know, we can talk about too, is like, um, 
you're getting into running now and one of your new goals or was it always a goal um the marathon no that's brand new goal it's actually the the marathon i was saying is is like kind of a goal for next year i'm starting to to think of like okay what can how can i push this idea of like setting goals and sticking to them to the next level i sort of set like a baseline of goals of like reading every day working out consistently things that like i should be doing and yeah. now i want to kind of you know i call them reach goals which is like or like things that aren't as you know they're not like given the things that i should be doing they're just things that i want to do so one of them is running a marathon so i'm sort of a goal that i'm setting for down the line right now i'm just running but yeah 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 no i see that bridget and i were, were saying that we should run the marathon with you yeah i mean that'd be sick yeah that'd be awesome wanna, it probably wouldn't be with me it would be probably way ahead <laughs> of me because i'm so slow but we can run a we can run the same marathon how about that that sounds awesome yeah um you know andres miller do you remember him yeah yeah. um when we were yeah well he just ran a marathon and oh my god it's so impressive he um he ran it in eight minutes um each each every single mile (laughs) (laughs) marathon yeah he's actually the flash yeah but i mean even eight minutes per mile just so impressive Yeah, yeah my current pace is about i'm about like 10 minutes per mile which is not very good that's not bad that's not bad yeah, it's like 10 minutes per mile for three miles, and then I'm dead. So <laughs> I'm not at the, what, are, what is it, 26 miles? Yeah, yet? yeah, 26.2 maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Crazy. <laughs> yeah marathons are, are wild. I um I ran a half marathon for my first time, um, yeah, and my, my goal was to, um, it was not to stop and to, like, do a good pace. I think I did, like, 820 or something per, nice. per mile. Yeah, it was... um running has changed my life like so <laughs> much like i think running um yeah I, I think running perhaps is probably the biggest life-changing thing for me uh yeah. this this past year yeah it was like i sometimes like you're so stressed or i get so stressed and then i would like run like midday and then just feel like like my day is like a new day almost yeah definitely yeah that's something i've been playing around with like i feel like this these past few months when I have like all these goals that I have to do every day and I actually have like a morning routine and stuff that I have to get through like the days where I miss it suddenly like my mood just drops and Mm. I'm way less productive and it's it's crazy how like doing things like very consistently and things like running but like I mean working out in general but also I've been doing like meditation yeah all these things can like really just if you're having a bad day you just meditate for 10 minutes and it just it's like i I, I, in one of my newsletters i said it was like a nap when you're tired it's like Mm. if you're tired you take a nap and then you can you know you're reinvigorated for the day meditation is the same but for your mood just having a bad day meditate for a bit and anxiety or anger or whatever you're feeling can disappear and it, it just turns your day around yeah and, and how do you meditate like what do you what do you use do? headspace you know classic mm-hmm. i want andy put in my in my ear he's the yeah the creator of the he's such a soothing voice i know nice. yeah so, uh, i went through the basics and stuff like that and i did I, you see that I, really cute video where like the, the the animated figurine is like going through the cars yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The, i love that video yeah yeah i mean it's great <laughs> I love it. I, did you watch the netflix uh stuff he did there's like a headspace netflix shows yeah i've seen good. i've seen the night meditations mm. there yeah it was good yeah yeah they're really good one thing i don't have a trouble with is falling asleep I yeah can, i was gonna I ask hit you the that. pillow and really like that yeah and you can like how many hours of sleep do you get on it oh that's one so um one thing I've been doing as my like daily routine is waking up really early and I want to 
I try and sleep eight hours. Um, I usually only end up sleeping eight hours on the weekends. Um, I, cause you know, I try to wake up at five 30. Um, not, not because like I want to sound cool and say like, Hey, I wake up at five 30 and better than you, but because I have my, I have my first morning work. You, call sold, it. you sold the startup. But, so exactly. you're like, yeah. Did yeah. you hear about that? Yeah. It's, it's actually the thing you do right after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no. So at seven, I have my morning call with my coworkers who are working in London. So mm. I try to like have my day right. slightly earlier. It's not like a nine to five. It's like a, I work seven to four kind of. Um, and so there's stuff that I want to get done before that, that, um, work. I, I try and not, I don't want to spread out my work too much. Like I want to have like a block in the day, which is work. And then before and after that, I just like shut off work entirely. Um, and so before seven, I had, I wanted to do reading and working out at least like a bit before. Um, and I felt like an hour and a half was kind of the right time. Cause I mean, I have to read 30 minutes and then work out probably takes 20 minutes i wanted to shower before work but sometimes i miss it and i shower right after that morning call but wow yeah. wow you're yeah. stinky for work <laughs> yeah zoom calls doesn't matter that much I guess, you know. <laughs> right but, right yeah, so i wake up at 5 30 and then if i wanted to sleep nine hours that means i'd have to be in bed by 9 30 which can be hard for like i could do it and i can fall asleep at 9 30 but it's uh usually like external factors that right. are in the way you know if i have to to talk to my girlfriend on the phone uh, or I have you know dinner if we sit down to dinner a bit later on one night and it's 8 30 like there's no way I'm going to bed at 9 30 right right so, right yeah it's just about managing those as well yeah yeah wow wow yeah that's awesome I it's impressive how much you do like you know I try yeah you do you do a ton of stuff and do you feel like that's we were talking about this earlier actually like how having a lot on your plate is like almost incredibly helpful yeah yeah i mean yeah that's what we were talking about at lunch where like i feel like a lot of student athletes like yeah. charlotte my girlfriend her her sister miranda is like practically an olympian a swimmer oh i didn't She's know that crazy. Yeah, i didn't she, know she had a sister yeah wow. like your sister she she run, um she swims for ucsd she's like apparently just like i think she swims like I want to say four hours a day or something. The wow. doctor said she had to eat 5,000 calories a day to just like maintain weight. It's insane. Wow. Um, but she also has like amazing grades She d and has a social life. I think sort of doing those things where you're being very productive on something that you like feel like you have to do every day, like swimming, working out, things like that, and limiting how much free time you have means you sort of prioritize getting things done fast and effectively. Um, and oftentimes I feel like that, that can help. Um, it's not about like putting too much on your plate, but just like when your free time is limited, I think you, you might value it more and therefore you want to get your work done faster because you want to get back to your free time. Right. 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 Wow. I think, yeah, in college I was, I was kind of falling down this trap of like having too much free time. And I, I, I did set some limits. Like I, I would basically not do any homework over the weekends and do it only during the week to sort of give myself some boundaries like that but even during the week i was you know between classes there's a lot of time yeah and I, I ended up not doing as much as i could have done with that time because i was just doing other stuff right know? yeah 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 no i remember we we live together <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah no i i feel you 100 percent. it was like it's so interesting too because the times that I feel very busy, I feel very happy. 
and it's like uh yeah yeah. I mean, to a limit, like I don't want to burn myself out either, but I feel like yeah. that's one thing with, with like a daily routine that's been a, a big game changer where I, I'm able to schedule a lot in my day, but still have multiple hours scheduled in of just like free time. I, I literally have, I start at 5.30 in the morning with reading, working out, then I work 7 to 4. I do schedule in like a lunch break and then I have like things that I want to do right after work, but then it means from like like basically 6 p.m. to when I go to bed is just like open free time to do whatever I want. Wow. Which, yeah. And um, I was curious, like throughout your, your job or throughout this year, like have you been stressed? Uh, Not too much. Like I feel like my, like since, not that like college was the cause of this, but I feel like my mental health has been like much better since leaving college. Um, yeah. Just because, maybe because I'm like more... It's not about being productive, but I, I just feel like I'm doing more with my life. Like more I'm control, happy. maybe. Yeah, some somewhat. Yeah. How or, about you? Well, I don't. Or I don't know. I, I saw Kung Fu Panda recently, and I don't know <laughs> if could, I don't know if control is the right word. Like, because there's a there's a point where the master turtle. Have you seen it, by the way? Uh, which one? The first. The one. first one. Yes, yeah, I have. The OG. <laughs> it's a, it's an amazing movie. That's oh, a great movie. Um, I should rewatch it. It's been a while. You really, you know. Um, yeah, you really should. You you really should. Um, <laughs> but the turtle mentions to Master Shifu, the, which is uh, I don't know what what kind of animal <laughs> Master <laughs> Shifu is, but um, tells him that he needs to let go of the illusion of control. Um, so maybe control isn't the right word, but um, yeah. I, in terms of stress, like I mean, quoting some big philosophers here, <laughs> Doctor or what Master Shifu from Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Columbia education. Exactly. Uh, it, it can only <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I, I mean, in terms of stress, like I, I feel, I mean, I, I think, I mean, stress is like placed upon us, like in, like in, in the environment that I'm in. But I mean, I'm, I've learned yeah, I mean, to handle banking, stress. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, isn't it? What kind of hours are you working? Um, well, a lot like um yeah i I mean it depends it's like it depends on the week but we work a lot like some some i think one of the worst weeks was like 110 um (laughs) i couldn't do that well it was like it was kind of impressive though i feel like sometimes you start to i don't know you start to feel i don't know i don't know you start to (laughs) sense like almost an auto out of body experience no i'm just kidding um but yeah i i mean i've learned to manage stress really thing, well yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've learned to manage stress very well like i don't i don't get stressed out by anything that isn't work um yeah. or like um you know like a like not a big deal like very few things are a big deal now which i which mm-hmm. i find helpful but yeah i i mentioned the stress thing because i've you know i've known you for quite a while and yeah stress is not a word that i'd use to describe you yeah I, i've i have maybe an unhealthy um like I, I kind of in order to not be stressed i don't i choose to not care about certain things like grades and homework and things like that which is i wasn't a bad student by yeah. by any means but i was definitely not prioritizing it as much as other people just because i i mean i think very early on in college i knew that i wasn't i didn't want to do more like higher education after that i was kind of you know i, I want to learn a lot i get everything out of my classes that I can but I'm not gonna beat myself up for a bad grade or you know overwork myself if I feel like it's not gonna be if it's not worth it um yeah and that was definitely like definitely relieved a lot of stress just because I 
chose not to be stressed yeah no i I mean sometimes that's not an option right but with things like 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 that where you sort of can rationalize like i don't want to spend too much time on this because i want to focus on other stuff then yeah it's good to not put too much pressure on yourself if you can no i agree 100 percent. and in fact that's how i've learned to manage stress so well i think like one i think i've always been somebody who can handle high levels of stress like since i was a kid kind of um I don't know, just been able to handle a little bit more, I think. But then um, I feel like choosing, like what you said, choosing what to stress about has been incredible. Like nowadays, like like I know some people that get emails like for work and they'll like freak out and like Mm. like I'll have to reply within a certain time limit. And there's like within banking, there's like an expectation of like everyone has to reply within like 15 minutes. It's kind of like the standard of when you get an email or a call or whatever. But um, some people like take that to the extreme and like they start freaking out and panicking and like they're out like they took like a five minute walk and they got an email and they like run back to their apartments. And I think like, uh, you know, like choosing what's really a priority has been really helpful and like yeah, getting, yeah. you know, like having a rapport too, um, has been really helpful. Like if you, are, if you're a good worker, like they know you'll get to it eventually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's awesome that, that you've, uh, you've always been pretty good at, at managing stress. I feel like, or I've never seen you super stressed compared to some of our other friends, for example. <laughs> but well, I mean, it, it's not necessarily a good thing to not care. Um, like, I think I could have maybe cared about my classes a little more looking back. But um, uh, no, I mean, yeah, I, uh, I yeah, definitely chose out. not to be stressed. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Well, um, I also wanted to mention or or talk about yeah um your other projects that you've worked on okay um so you made note pit mm. um and when did you make that what what, yeah. what have you been most proud of it, are, are, like th- from the projects you have done yeah i mean do you want me to walk you through the whole yes so when i started i started coding i said when i was 12 um what i had then was i had started this like mini blog type thing that was like it was like a personal nine gag kind of thing where okay. it was just like me posting memes. Um, some, for some reason I needed my own website to do that. I couldn't do it on a pre-existing platform. <laughs> but, um, so what I did is I created that using like a classic like blog creator thing. I was like blogger or something. I can't remember what it was. Um, but I eventually got to a point where I was like, I wanted to customize it more and they had some components that you could add into the website that were like html um and that's how i got into like looking up how that worked and i i just looked up like how do i add a link like how do i add an image in html and so i basically like went through what website was it w3schools.com that's where i learned like html i some people would say that that's not a programming language which is like fair but that's how like that was my why, why, entry. Why, why do people say that out of curiosity? It's like, a, it's like a markup language. So you can't like, like most like programming languages are like, you know, you like script or they're like Python, things like that. And that's what really starting to program is that. Right. Um, but whereas like HTML is just like placing, like it, it's basically how you design websites, right? Like how you yeah. place no, a I, link I, or I, an I've image. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, it, it, yeah, you can't do that much with it but that's sort of like was my avenue to enter into into coding and that's kind of been the main theme like from all that i've learned throughout the past decade is it was always like oh how can i make this i did some research learned how to do it and then eventually did it um, that's so awesome. first yeah. thing was like making a link in html 
got into i read up on css to like make you know crazy designs with it yeah i uh, eventually got into javascript which is like the scripting language for wow. the internet and how you can like you can do more with that you really did. went in that's yeah, awesome oh, I, yeah. and i mean at the end uh, it was like it's funny looking back like i remember things that i was looking up like that <sighs> i you can tell like how little context or how little knowledge i had of what it was like how do you create like how do you have user accounts in a website and it's not like an easy thing to do it's not just like an element you can put in like html you actually have to build a whole back end like a database have everything but i was looking these things up and eventually i got to a point where like i knew how to do it so wow. that was my first That's thing really cool yeah i added links to a blog and then kind of kind of fizzled out a year later uh, when i had learned a bunch more i was like oh how about i make the blog completely from scratch like i redesigned the page like i coded up the page itself versus using a pre-existing thing um and what was the oh yeah my blog was named fun addict which was a very solid name <laughs> i think the facebook page still exists if you want to go like oh that's that. awesome it's terrible i'd love to um but um yeah so that was like the first like project i worked on um and then i got into yeah more coding i did uh I, and this was all self-taught at that yeah. point. The two things where I, I wasn't self-taught was I did um, these coding camps, call them geek camps, and during the summer. So the first one I did was iOS, so like how to make app like iOS apps. Right. The year after I did Android, so I learned how to That's awesome. make apps. And so the summer, so it was over the summer I did the iOS one, and then that year, um, uh, a friend basically gave me a, the idea of an, building an app for my school, which was. We had a website which was um, uh, which like teachers could upload homework assignments to for their classes, and so students had their own portal where they would go in and they had literally had a list of all the assignments they had for all their classes. Oh, that's awesome. Except it was a terrible interface for mobile phones, and a lot of people used it, checked it on their phones, but it was literally like right. you know like a web that you had to like zoom in oh, to I read the stuff. Yeah. So it was like, like my friend was like, would it be possible to like? pull the data out and put it in an app mm. and I basically spent like a two-week vacation just coding that wow. and that was I don't know where I got like at that young of age like I was just like so focused that inspiration. I, I put in like spending like 80 hours a week like that was my I spent my vacation just coding for like it, it was like 10 hours a day just got up coded all day long I don't know where I like I don't think I could do that today so um but that's sort of like where I, I was in like that's, that's it was always to create things yeah that that I learned how to code so the way it worked is I had the form in the app people would type in their username password for that that school website and I would literally take that in the background put it in the website in the background like log them in uh -huh. and then load the code the HTML like just <laughs> the f page and then get out the information like read it out all in the background and then just like redisplay it in a nice ios format and it worked like it was and that that app like really it kind of blew up in in my school like i wow. think on the is that no pit or no no so that was before that that's how the people that started no pit and like got me involved that's how they knew about me oh so this is, what, yeah. what is this app called? this was called i named it after so the website we had it was in france it was called viscolaire which means school life um and it was i just called it viscolaire app um wow. so that was um and i think on the first day 
I think like can't believe four. I didn't know all these things about you. Like this yeah. is this is this is wild. It's interesting. Right? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, keep going, please. I love I it. I think I had like 400 downloads on the first day. Wow. Of the app. Yeah. Wow, that's it was uh, it was a crazy day. How like, did I, you feel? I like as a young kid. How old were you? I was. 15 maybe wow like that. That, 14 that's amazing yeah. yeah and i remember like i was i created a facebook page everything like i launched it yeah and like i was sending it to people on facebook like i right. went through my whole facebook yeah. contact lens sending <laughs> it to people and like within an hour i was sending it to people and they're like yeah i already got i already saw this from someone else sent it to me i was like i felt like i was going viral it was i was like <laughs> such a crazy day and wow. i was like i mean i was 14 i felt so cool yeah parents were coming up to me after school they're like yo you created this app it's sick like, like mark andreessen was a better fly in i think yeah, yeah was, <laughs> so yeah that was cool i think at like lifetime use i think i had like three thousand downloads total at some point which was like pretty insane yeah for, that is wild for, i didn't i wasn't in a huge school you know but it was right. like a lot of people had downloaded it um so that's how like people knew about me apparently there were like rumors going on around me that like there was uh, some kids that got like kicked out of school for hacking into a website and i had like teachers a few years later that thought like that was me because they knew i was like the coding guy i was getting like anyway there were lots of rumors going <laughs> um but all that to say like a year later or so um these like older kids that i knew through a friend like it was like a friend's brother and then his friend they were like two years older. They had created um, this this uh, website called B Notes, um, which ended up becoming NotePit eventually. It's a long story there, but um, uh, it was basically yeah to share class notes. And what they originally had was something, you know, they used a like a Wix or something like that to create a basic website, and people yeah. would literally submit the notes by email. And then the way it worked was you submit a uh, class note. So this is like I took class notes on a certain book in a certain class. I upload them, and then I get access to other people's notes. That's how it, it would work. Wow. Um, and so they did it all manually. Like people would email them, them in, and then they would post them. And so they wanted to find a way to do it like automatically. And so that's where they they were like, hey, can like we know you can code and stuff and yeah. so i i joined the team it was another thing where i spent like two weeks recreating wow. the whole website from scratch over like a vacation yeah um and yeah we basically released that new version of that i think we got like like a thousand five hundred users something like down the road um yeah it became notepit it, it, it was what happened is like we had a falling out with like me and like the other dude who had created it over well no first it fizzled out for a while and then like i was like oh i'd be interested to like r continue working on it i think they had gone to college already so they were like done with it mm. um and then when i was like like hey could i like get the url and stuff to like keep working on this because he owned the domain mm -hmm. um he had like spent quite a bit of money on the servers and stuff like that um and he was like yeah i'll sell it to you for like that much money which was it wasn't it was like a bit over like a thousand dollars or something it wasn't it wasn't a crazy amount but it was a lot for a high school student right. so i was like we had a falling out i ended up being like okay i'll just like reuse my code with a new brand and stuff like that with a new domain and that's what became notepit oh, um, and eventually yeah we got yeah i think i think we had yeah like two thousand users or something wow. at, at the 
wow, peak you, at it. This is this is so intense. Like like yeah, I was like, I was I was an yeah. intense time where I was like because we had like, like a oh, Mark Zuckerberg social network kind of kind of well, situation. Yeah, any of the success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so that's I mean, and these are all the things I like talked about on my college application, which is what. Oh. Like, I was never. I think. Well, well n- wow, wow. Wow, yeah. that must have been an awesome college application. Wow, I mean, okay. that's why I was like, I was lucky to have those things because it was, like, I was the same student in high school as I was in college. Like, I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't a bad student by any means. I was like, I got by. I did well. Right. But I wasn't trying very right, hard. Right. Like, I was kind of didn't care that much about the yeah. a lot of. I, I kind of, I picked up definitely in the last two years of high school, like where I really put in the work because yeah. I, I wanted to get into a good college. But yeah, it was like before that I wasn't doing very well. Right. So. Wow. Wow. That's so impressive. Yeah, that's so wild because like most people's high school drama is like prom and like, yeah. you know, <laughs> no, I was homecoming. A bit nerdier than that. You know? No, it's way cooler. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And so, you know, you were talking about like putting in like 80 hours and like, um, as a young, as a young lad and like being able to do that kind of work. It's crazy because when I was young, I was, I, I've, mentioned this to you before but i was really into like um religion and like i wanted to yeah, be a yeah. priest and stuff and i and like there is like i remember reading the bible like just like for like 80 hours probably as well or, or maybe wow. maybe less but like you know just being able to read a ton and like i don't know if i could read for that long now like yeah i would wake up or like we we do these really cool meditations like during um during like very spiritual times like that like yeah. um when it'd be like near Easter or like near Thanksgiving, like just like 12 hours on my knees and like, just wow. like kind of damn 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, which I find very interesting. Cause you were mentioning like, like I, I maybe, maybe kids are just like really good at it's like possible, focusing yeah. or being I mean, obsessed. If you're into it. Yeah, yeah. I think like kids can get, yeah, they don't care about, I mean, they also don't have that many external factors yeah. to affect things. So you can get really focused in one thing. Yeah. Right. No, exactly. Like I think today if I, th- if I started, you know, if I focus on one task, I started thinking about like, you know, am I, am I using my time correctly? Like mm. friendships, like in my, exactly, yeah. yeah, there's like so many barriers that I, that we think about today, yeah. I assume. I, yeah. I was just really lucky that it was a, a useful thing that I got into, you know? Right. Was, you know, crazy. that's such a great concept. Like the, the usefulness of, of things. I think about that a lot nowadays. Like, I'm like, okay, this, like I have a list of things that I want to prioritize. And I was telling you that like, I recently um, got into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and like, right, yeah. and, and like, that's I, crazy. yeah, I was like, um, thinking about the skills that I've acquired throughout so my, can you like beat me up? Can you mess me up? I, I, I don't know. I think I, I think I can now be a worthy opponent. I think as of just given our weight and size differences. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've only had a few classes. I won't. I don't want to. But yeah. no, it's definitely like belts. Do you have like a? Are you a? Are you a black belt? Yeah, oh, oh yeah, one hundred percent. No, no, I'm a white belt. I'm a white okay, belt. Okay. But um, but yeah, I've learned. I've learned so much, and I and I think a lot about like skills, and I'm like, okay, what skills are useful? And um, and I was an economics major, and I think a lot about like the labor market and stuff like mm, that, and or yeah. not a lot, but I do think about like, oh, what is you know highly marketable or highly attractive? Um. And, and yeah, I, it is helpful to have, like I separated the things I want to do and I have like a, yeah. a, a bit of things that I want to focus on so I can like be attractive in the labor market and then also like be, be a good human. And like, yeah, I feel yeah. it's almost weird. It's kind of like coincides sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Like social skills um, are just so obviously so freaking incredible and like useful. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, um, you, you know, don't nec- like it's weird. They don't necessarily work like there's no set limit like you can't practice socializing for 80 hours and expect to be yeah yeah, yeah. no definitely 
No, I mean, that's like the key is like finding where those uh, like you have different goals, like professional, um, personal, things like that. And where those intersect is kind of the perfect uh, middle ground. Yeah. 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 No, it's in- it's incredible, too, because in- you're so humble, Max. Like, like, you know, you're telling me all these things and I didn't know. I knew I knew I knew bits and pieces of these yeah. stories. I mean, obviously. I'm not that cool. Like, it's, it's no, all, like, these are really nerd. Like, these are awesome. Apps, you know, these are awesome. <laughs> like, if, saying, like, if I had that kind of stories, I don't know if I'd act. I don't know if I knew how to act. You know what I mean? I'd be a lot more. Yeah, no, it's awesome. That's sick. Well, thank you. I guess. Wow. <laughs> that's, <laughs> no, all, I mean, that's why that's so like, awesome. my new thing, like I'm into, is like creating stuff for online, like videos and stuff like that. I mean, right. I've always been creative. I mean, even when I was coding, and I was like a nerd for that or whatever. Um, I was, it was always like the goal was to create stuff. And that's why I was like learning how to create those things. And now it's, I'm like kind of more interested, not more interested, but, um, like, and going back to like, really like, like pure, like creating like videos paint. Like I said, one of my goals is like painting more, um, stuff like that. Like, which is what, like the very initial creative thing I did was like painting as a kid and stuff. So that's what I... I'm like trying to get more in, back into that, and uh, that's why I have YouTube, TikTok, right. so like very interesting, like social media influencing stuff like that. Yeah. Seems like a very, it would be like the perfect job kind of thing. But yeah, no, for sure. And you're and you're such a kind person. Like you're such a well-meaning person. Like it's um, it's very interesting. Complimenting me too much. <laughs> <like that too. laughs> no, no, I don't. Be, I don't mean to. I just yeah. I mean to point out the the obvious well, or or um because I think about it more and more um. Because do you know who Gary Tan is? He's also a big, um, um, like Justin Kahn kind of guy. Yeah. He, he's blown up recently because um, he was an initial one of the first investors in Coinbase. Okay. Um, and he founded a firm with Alex Sohani. If that's am I mm-hmm. pronouncing the Reddit founder's last name correctly? I feel like you would know. I honestly, don't. Oh, know. sorry. Uh, <laughs> the talk good. Uh, but anyway, he he's he's really big and he he's um he's an awesome guy and he has a bunch of YouTube and like Twitter content. Um, I don't, I don't follow him on Twitter, uh, but, uh, <laughs> I don't, I've heard, I've heard his Twitter content's interesting, yeah. but his YouTube stuff is, I mean, he's just a phenomenal guy. Um, and he has this video where he talks about sociopaths versus creators. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about how like creators like lift each other up and lift other people up. And I feel like, I feel like when I think of a creator, I definitely think of you all the time. Like, wow. I'm like, I'm like, wow, like, uh, Max is such a. You, you don't you don't like bring people down or like you don't compare other people to yourself like mm-hmm. i've never heard you ever talk bad about someone and if like ever it's 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 impressive yeah. man it's really impressive wow yeah well thank you I guess. no of so, course it's awesome um, yeah yeah i'm getting a little flustered yeah you want to go to my place later <laughs> oh look <laughs> are in your place. yeah yeah crazy <laughs> yeah i mean um, you know, is there anything else maybe you want to talk about or maybe this is a good place to end? I don't know. Do you have any other questions in your Google Doc? No, I do. I do. I, 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 I was curious, um, like, what being I, – I did want to touch on this a little bit because it's very unique. Yeah. Like, um, growing up in France and then now you live in the U.S. And what are your plans in terms of, like, where you want to live? Like, I know mm. you're going to move to New York. Um, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you want to disclose that or not. Sorry. No, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, like, um, you know, what What do you think in terms of, like, geography? Like, mm. um, yeah, any general comments around, you know, having yeah. grown up? I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think, like, professionally I, I want to live in the U.S. definitely. 
I mean, I don't like want to restrict myself to, to living necessarily in one. Ideally, I'd be able to travel with work, but that's not always possible. So I was saying like social media influencer. Ideally, you can right. make content wherever, stuff like that. But yeah. um, no, like uh, I definitely want to live more in the U.S. or I mean, definitely big cities. Um, yeah. So like New York. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be against like California down the road, things like that. Um, but uh, like, I, I feel like I, I really like France and I've always thought like, oh, I could like retire in the south of France or something. That would be really? beautiful, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not thinking of retirement <laughs> just yet. So we'll, we'll see. That can probably change. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what I what I would say is like what having both nationalities has given me is like good perspective on a lot of like especially like political ideas like right um like oftentimes i think a lot of the discourse in the u.s is around like oh like what is possible like things like healthcare and things like that it's like a lot of people say like oh we couldn't afford it we're just too big of a country things like that and then having the perspective of the way things work in france which is obviously a different in some ways very similar in some ways very different specifically things like healthcare where you know i in high school i broke my leg and i was in the hospital for five days and i it, like they show you the bill it was like ten thousand euros but we didn't have to pay anything because mm. that's how the french government works like you you pay through it in taxes and it just means like everyone right. uh it also means that you know you don't have to make any money to be taken care of um in in the healthcare sense and so you know things like that sort of has like having both gives me like a different compass in a way like of um um it, it gives me whenever there's like an issue in the u.s around any type of political um uh idea like it's it's a good way like i can compare to what's happening in france and see like okay where is this similar where has something similar happened in france that was like successful in this sense or yeah you know what did something why did something not work and and vice versa of course right. you know i think the U.S. is way ahead on things like uh, like social issues um, uh, compared to, to France. Like France has a lot of problems with, I think, like racial racial problems, things like that, that just like aren't even addressed. I think a lot of it is hidden. So, you know, it's just like g having both has given me a, a lot of perspective in that sense. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. No, no, no. That I mean, that's that's definitely one facet of it. And and in terms of like your your connection to like where you want to work or because like we we talked about yeah. this a little bit before you're saying like you have 25 vacation days for example like that's so awesome yeah. like the uk have have you ever thought about living there or what, what yeah definitely i mean especially now that my company is based yeah. in the uk I, i'm i mean i'm gonna spend time there definitely right. um i i wouldn't be against living there also down the road i just i like more longer term i don't know we'll see yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, wow. and also, yeah, one thing I didn't talk about is, like, the acquisition was, it's uh, an earnout deal, and it's over three years. So it's sort of, like, that's, like, my, like, within three years, like, that's kind of the cutoff of, like, mm. um, theoretically, like, when this project ends. Um, so, you know, could I live there, like, until then, potentially, and then, like, after that, figure it out? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, wow. So the three-year earnout, it's, it's, like, 
you have to hit a certain milestone or yeah we have like a few a few different um yeah. things that there's like a multiple earnouts but yeah i don't yeah. know that they're publicly disclosed though so i can't necessarily talk about them no no I, I get them i get them yeah. uh, we, we do a lot of those in, in banking. or at least not on a podcast i, can, <laughs> I could tell you you know but got not it, with the it. mics <laughs> <laughs> got it got it i'll just uh, i'll just have them on and let you know oh damn <laughs> i'm just kidding just kidding <laughs> uh no that's awesome that's awesome and when you, when they bought the company, um, actually, I'm realizing there's a lot to talk about there still. Um, like, how, how did it feel? Like, did you, what was, what happened on the day that you guys got acquired? Like, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, the other crazy thing is this was all remote. Right. right. Everything from Arthur and Tom, who are two of the four that we, uh, you know, I've never met in person. Really? We built the whole thing over Zoom. I, I mean, my whole job at Capgemini was over Zoom. The whole acquisition process was done over Zoom. Like, I've, I, uh, they've met each other now. Like, the, the other three and uh, the people at YouGov, like, they've, I've yet to meet anyone <laughs> other so than wild. over Zoom, which is, it's a crazy world. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, when it happened, I turned off the Zoom and then I was back at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it, it was, it was a crazy day. And it, it, I mean, it was also like, it took months to, to make it happen. You don't acquire, I mean, you would know investment banking and stuff. It doesn't, t- it's not overnight. Even like yeah. we were a very small company. It's like did, probably the easier. Did they have like a due of, diligence process? Oh yeah, yeah. We had to go. I mean, we had like our own lawyers. Yeah. They had to do, I mean, our due diligence wasn't very complicated. We had I could no employees. <laughs> uh, like ex- I think we, yeah, we had like very few expenses. Like it, it wasn't. It wasn't very extensive, but we had to do it. Um, and I think we started discussions like months before it actually ended up happening. I also had to then, I mean, I had told them that I, you know, I have a full-time job. I'm not gonna even mention that I'm, that I have another project that I'm leaving until, you know, we've signed papers. Right, um, and so, that's very smart. Um, yeah, like I still had, after we signed, I stayed at Capgemini for like another month to finish out the project I was on, stuff like that. Make sure that everything, that I wasn't like, you know, ruining a, a project for someone. I, I right. think I, nice I left Capgemini in a way where I was like, I had a personal call with like all the, probably had like 30 calls with like one-on-one people just to like let them know why I was leaving. That it wasn't something to do with Capgemini, that yeah. it was, you know just that it was like a really cool opportunity and that I wouldn't be leaving so soon if it wasn't for, you know, I'm not just leaving for another job. It is like a pretty special um, situation. So of course, yeah, no, it's incredible. Wow. Wow. So, so they, uh, YouGov reached out um, and they reached out to Luke or how did they get in contact? I'm actually not too, I think Tom was somehow had a contact or something. Yeah. But I mean, the, the thing is, like, as I was saying, there's, like, a pretty big barrier to entry for open banking stuff. And yeah. um, I think there's – Luke actually did his um, his thesis in college on, like, open banking and stuff. So he knows what he's talking about a little bit wow. when it comes to this. Um, I think there's so only, wild. like – I want to say, like, there's no more than, like, 100 companies that do open banking. And some of them use it for entirely separate things. Like, some it's, like – oh, we want to do, like, digital credit cards, and it's it, it doesn't have anything to do with, like, analyzing existing data. It's just, like, a new way of paying. So there's really, like, it's a subset of already a pretty small set of companies doing it. Right. Um, so when YouGov was thinking of acquiring an open banking company, there wasn't, there weren't, like, thousands to pick from, um, which is why I was saying it was, like, sort of 
right time. It, it's like a brand new industry too. It's like I think five years old or something. So it's right. Yeah. Right. It was right. right, right place, right time for us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't even remember like how it started. Um, we're just like we'd also have like random people reaching out to us over LinkedIn, like saying, "Hey, we yeah. have this. My company does this. Uh, we can help you hire engineers, things like that." Yeah. And so it's kind of gets blurred out like how they content i'm i'm sure they my other coworkers would know but i can't even remember how it started yeah. um but yeah i mean we just ended up having lots of calls over a few months and it ended up happening wow know? and and then so when it was closing and like everyone you know it was pretty you guys signed the papers and stuff like what did you do it was the first thing you did did you call your parents yeah, what was had, the first thing you did i mean my parents knew that it was happening already but yeah i, I mean we had to call the four of us where it was like a mini celebration yeah. call, you know. Did but, you guys no. pop champagne? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, did I do champagne or something? Yeah. Wow. I, think I had a beer or something. It's so wild. Like, I always knew you'd be very successful. Like, um, I'm sure a lot of us in the friend group did. I, I think we've talked about that quite a bit. But you compliment it, me too it, much. It, it happened. Not, I, I don't deserve to <laughs> it, it happened so early. It's uh Although, I mean, I know you still have a long way to go in your life, which is awesome. Which no, I'm, I'm done. This is the last. I'm, <laughs> Drop the mic. Yeah. This is actually your podcast so that you're going to become Perfect. a hermit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. And, and um, but yeah, it happened so early. It's so awesome. Hmm. And so you, and, I, and again, I know there's still so much that you're going to do. But um, so then you, what did you do? You guys popped champagne. You guys were on Zoom together. Very yeah. happy, I assume. Yeah. And then, because um, I mean, this is also such a big deal. Like um, those that I guess wouldn't, although I, I assume most people would know this, but like like your next, whatever next project you guys build mm -hmm. on, like having this transaction history will be like, it's, it's going to be so much easier, right? Yeah, like your I next mean, that's, that's project. What, yeah, yeah. Some, yeah, especially Luke was saying that, yeah. Yeah, like raising like money will be up. easy. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, mean, I know a little crossed, bit. Yeah. yeah, and I know this is awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Wow. And um, so you guys, like, then what did you do, like, separate from, from the squad, from the Lean App team? Like, celebrate, you mean? Yeah. Didn't too much, really. I just <laughs> had to quit my job and yeah. just... Uh, just kept working on the app, you know. Can't celebrate for too long. You just True. have to keep keep your head down and keep working. <laughs> very, very wisely said. Yeah, exactly. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. That's awesome. That's really cool. Well, I'm I'm really proud of you, man. That's so awesome. Well, thank you. I I really had no idea. Um, like I I, I again I, I knew bits and pieces, but I didn't know the the full story of everything. Yeah. And and so then um, when this happened, like they acquired you guys, and then you you guys decided that you'd work for the team. Um, and they said, and you mentioned you guys have like a lot of autonomy, like mm -hmm. your own, um, separate organization and stuff like that. Did they, I'm, I'm curious, like, did they give you guys like a budget or how, how does like spending work? Um, I'm actually not too sure. I don't really deal with that stuff cause I'm just coding, but no, there's, uh, I mean, we're just like, yeah, it's, it's nice cause we're able to stay very independent and yeah. like basically the, the guy who took care of the acquisition at YouGov is kind of like our boss like our he's it's like a loose yeah he, he's basically like our guide he's like the yeah. he's directing us uh, sort of very high level um, but we get to build the products the way we want and just like as long as long as we're reaching our sort of our targets for the earnout stuff like that we kind of have a, a pretty open-ended um, deal and we can sort of work on anything which is cool yeah. wow and what does the early like startup landscape look like in the uk like in the us it feels a little bit um well developed like 
um, you know, relatively. I mean, it's probably the best in the world, right? Like with Y Combinator yeah. and different startup accelerators. Like, um, what does the UK startup scene look like? Is it really big as well? I mean, I don't know that much about it. It, it, it. No, it's definitely it's definitely very big. There's a lot of um, uh, like incubators, things like that. I know there's a lot of incubators through colleges as well. Um, mm. So like, uh, especially like at our level, you know, we were college age or like right out of college. So oftentimes what they'll they want to do is like have students build products and then actually like develop them within an incubator within the school so that they're not leaving you know not pulling a mark zuckerberg or a bill gates yeah. or something <laughs> leaving with the idea uh-huh um so i think like that's pretty common there as well i think it, it probably modeled very closely off of the the u.s model i can't imagine that it would be very different right right yeah no that's cool that's cool wow i've uh wow i'm really excited i can't <laughs> wait to uh to visit your and do, is there like a headquarters you guys could go to or uh i mean there's a yougov office in new york too i haven't been though oh. yeah they have, oh, it's a pretty it's like a global company they have right. like part of our, our stuff is also like working um doing replicating what we've done in the uk in the u.s as well for them um oh. so that's part of uh part of the deal and uh yeah so like currently i'm technically employed through the new york office i think um, oh. although like when you know with the option of going to the uk eventually or something yeah Oh, wow. Wow. And um, when you guys are working through this, like, how did you get users? Like, um, like I mean, initially with our app, it was a lot of just, um, I mean, this was like Tom's job. I didn't do too much, but we uh, we did like just Instagram content, stuff like that. Just uh, I think we did a bit of like social media advertising, but that, that's it. I mean, as I said, we didn't we weren't like hugely successful. We had like 2,000 users you can get by just asking 2,000 people, you know? So it's not, we weren't pulling in big numbers, um, but no, it was, it was a lot of, yeah, social media. We had like an Instagram page and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's awesome. And did you ever feel um, like a lot of pressure as a software engineer Um, or is that the right term that that I'm using, by the way? Like uh, I know you use the word coder. Developer, coder, whatever. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't care too much. Okay. No, I, Sorry, did you ever feel like a lot of pressure in terms of like, like the other people that maybe don't know what to like, or maybe they do have experience, I don't know. Like I assume like sometimes, or maybe this is a stereotype of like people being like, you know, just get it done and like figure it out. And like, maybe it's not something that's possible. Did you ever feel yeah, that way? Or? Uh, I mean, it was, you mean specifically within this project or just in general? In general, I think it'd be actually more helpful. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I, I kind of, I think a lot of people start coding and get into like, just the theory of it like learn they learn everything they need to know about it and then obviously they know a lot so they when they then have a project or a job or something they can sort of pick a subset of what they know to to work on that yeah and that was never as i said like i was sort of learning as i was going always um like eventually i got to a point where like i knew a lot of link coding languages how they worked um in practice so i could pick from um from them but starting up from scratch even through like b notes note pit um that like that was all like it was kind of like stretching the limits of what i knew and it was like if i was if i didn't know how to do something i just figured it out online so i didn't i wouldn't say it was like i felt pressure in those senses i just felt like you know i'll just figure it out i'll get get it working and uh no, I also had like other projects that were never released that I was working on on the side, like building other apps and things like that. that yeah. um, and it was always just like, I'll figure it out. You look up Stack Overflow, like things and, and um, so like 
at this stage, especially going through college, like it's different because you're you're learning theory of how to do a lot of things as opposed to, you know, figure out how to do this. And then all you need to know is how to do it and nothing more. Um, so in college, I definitely like broadened my perspective on how a lot of things work. So now when I do have a project like a website or an app, it's, it's definitely like picking from a range of technologies that I know how to use, uh, how to create it. So it it is a, a different sense, but even, here like I knew JavaScript I knew some JavaScript frameworks but um, we ended up building our app using react native which is built on top of JavaScript but it's not I had never used react and I was they just asked me to join and I just figured it out wow. so it's a lot of it is just like that but I think that's how how a lot of startups are even when you get a job in tech it's uh, they don't expect you to know a specific at least at the entry level right um, you know like out of college they don't care what languages you know. They like they'll get you up to speed. They just want you to know how to get up to speed, type right, of thing. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's a, that's such an important point because, um, yeah, have you ever heard of the concept of like learned helplessness? Yeah, I mean, remind me. What, yeah, I've heard of the term. Yeah. Ha- have you Have you seen maybe the Versantium video? Mm-hmm. Um, y- yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's like. Um, tell, me, tell me more. So like, it, <laughs> it's like the, the the way it's often noted is like there's studies with dogs that were that happen um, pre pre large concerns of ethicality mm-hmm. um, in studies or yeah. eth- um, but uh, essentially there is these group of dogs that were shocked and they were allowed to jump over something mm-hmm. so that they wouldn't be shocked feel shocked anymore another group of dogs that uh, they were shocked and they couldn't do anything about it mm-hmm. um, the dogs that were shocked frequently um, were just like in, unable to move even when allowed to jump over something so they would it's almost like they had like an open gate mm-hmm. and they could run away but they wouldn't um, because they learned to be helpless right, um, right, and yeah. the dogs that did learn to jump over would immediately run away and like you know be help be helped or help themselves um, it, it's it's summarized pretty well in like an image it's like an image of an, a big elephant and there's like a rope around it and then like a small little like um, wooden like nail on the ground mm-hmm. and like obviously the elephant can move but like you learn to be helpless um, and from from that experience I've learned so many times like uh, Versantium in, in the video he talks about how he had a boss um, and he would always go to her like for um, whenever he had issues and then eventually she was like gone for like a month or something and then he was like able to do things without her like and he was like oh usually I would just go to her um, and I feel that way I, I see myself doing that so many times in terms of like just doing things on my own like it's like incredible how helpless we think we are versus how how much we can do things on our own yeah um, definitely yeah I mean that's one thing I learned with uh, my job at Capgemini as well is they kind of train you to um, to say like becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable in certain situations and it's like if you don't know something you'll just figure it out Uh, especially like they'd put you on a project with a technology you've never heard of before and it's just like what they say is like if if you work with a technology for a week on this project you're now like a one-week expert right you know so it's just about not being scared because you don't have the experience it's just like you know getting getting to a point where you're not scared anymore and you you know the stuff yeah no for sure you know figuring it out you know how i was telling you that i feel like banking it's almost like you're uh, an advanced secretary like (laughs) there's also another point where i do feel like sometimes we're like advanced legal 
as much as uh, sometimes we're very like legal focused and it's incredible like we'll get some things that i'm like oh there's like i would need so much experience or so much of this to know and then i i start thinking about that concept of like i could probably do you i would say you could probably do anything like like if you believe it you know it brings me back to yeah. kung fu panda actually <laughs> <laughs> you know how this the the secret scroll is nothing do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> you need to rewatch it. I'm gonna it. need to rewatch yeah. this because I, I didn't, I didn't, don't think I got enough out of it. <laughs> if, if you're quoting it this much, <laughs> it's an incredible movie. It's yeah. incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Should we end on Kung Fu Panda? We've been recording wow. for an hour and forty-five minutes. Wow. Yeah. We can close it out then you have a, a, a closing question I, or something i did i did i'm a little nervous to ask it but i'll ask it why is it a big question i can't you don't remember what, what did you s- oh yeah it's like what's the meaning of life or something it's something <laughs> similar i it is a big question it's what does living a good life mean to you yeah, and it yeah and um i i i will ask for like probe a little further and by that question i guess i just because i know like um like one how oppressive it is how many things you balance so like are able to balance throughout your life so i'm curious like what make what do you think would make a good life for yourself i, I didn't really add anything to that but. no you definitely, you definitely <laughs> um uh, and you could take uh, your time i definitely don't have an answer i'll start with that i don't have like a clear set answer but i don't think anyone can have a, a good answer to that um what i've like as I said, like what I've been trying to do this year with this newsletter and with these goals and stuff is give myself a baseline of stuff that I, I think I I should be doing like my whole life. Right. So, you know, reading consistently, working out, uh, creating stuff, you know, just a baseline of stuff so, so that in the future when those are set in stone. Right. Um, I mean, ideally, I'm thinking like, you know, next year is when I, I talked about having like bigger goals. I want like that baseline so that I have the base. I've, you know, I'm reading lots of books, doing stuff, so that then when I do go and reach for, for bigger things, I don't feel like I'm, um, I don't think like I don't feel like I, I'm losing in other parts of my life where it's like, oh, I can't read because I'm trying to do these big things, or I can't, I don't have time to work out because I'm doing so. I think, right, like the idea of balance is is big, and that's why starting with those sort of needs before going for the like wants um is, is important um doesn't answer the question at all though you know? <laughs> <laughs> um what's a good life i would say i mean it's it's you know figuring it out i guess i don't yeah. know i'm also 23 so i yeah i might give you a better answer in 60 years you know <laughs> 60 you know? years if i'm still here <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean I mean, I think that's a good answer. What I mean, do you think? Can I hear your answer and, and maybe I'll, I'll amend mine a little bit? Okay, okay. Um, Not that I gave one, but... I feel, I feel like the importance of... Like, I'm very focused on my family. I think, I think that, that's the number one thing. Like, yeah. I often think if my family... Once my family's okay, then I, I feel like I'd be at peace with, with death in terms of... Yeah, I wow. guess... Yeah, I've thought about it quite a bit, which is why I was like, I don't know if I would... But yeah. Yeah. I mean that's a good answer. I would say family. Yeah, I mean I have Probably a, a, a younger brother. Probably focus on that a little more, maybe. <laughs> I have a younger yeah, brother too. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah. Yeah. He's at Yale, right, Jack? Wow. Yeah. What, what year is he? He's a rising sophomore. There oh. you go. Shout out to Jack. 
Shout uh, out to do you think? Do you think he'd watch? He doesn't read my newsletter, I, so I would. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember him. Uh, he's he's too cool for us. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, he didn't watch my YouTube videos. Yeah. Doesn't watch my TikToks. <laughs> Ten second video is just too long. You know? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Well. Well, thank you so much, Max, for for Thanks being for here, bro. Me, um, you just—it was a, a big uh, two-hour ego boost. That really? <laughs> oh, I'm happy to hear that. You're just complimenting me a lot for things. That, I don't know that I, I deserve all the compliments, but thank you for having me. It no, was nice. of course, bro. It was—it's um, awesome that you took the time. And and thank. Yeah. By the way, um, just for the whole world to know, Max really was instrumental in setting the whole podcast <laughs> up, like insanely creative and. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. kind of re, rearranged your studio a little yeah, bit. I, yeah. went, I went for the brick in the back. Yeah. Shout out if you like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. that reminded me a lot of the learn helplessness thing, actually. Mm. When you, when you, like, problem solving. It's incredible. I'm, I'm really excited, bro. Like, I can't believe we're only this, this young. It's like, there's yeah. so much to live. It's going to be awesome. I mean, sometimes I feel old, but, uh, yeah. No, really? there's definitely. You, you feel old? I think, like, until yeah when i turned like 19 was the first time i felt like i guess because you've I'm always not young anymore you've i guess you've always compared yourself i assume to like the big tech lads or yeah i guess kind of yeah. yeah i mean yeah one thing sorry we're kind of we're i'm your no, conclusion is broken we're going straight back into <laughs> the question yeah. no and i started I, I, one other thing that i was that really motivated me to start coding um, was a movie that really shouldn't have, but was The Social Network. Yeah, I know. Um, that, was, <laughs> that was very, for some reason, I was obsessed with it. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's a very good movie, yeah. um, but it shouldn't, um, that shouldn't have been a good, uh, it doesn't put Mark Zuckerberg and stuff in a very good light. Right. But for some reason, I was obsessed with that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, as the years went by, I think, you know, having sold a company, it, it felt like it was, it just happened and it was, and it wasn't just me, it was with friends and stuff like that. Right. But like, that's something that I can sort of on paper say like, oh, this is something cool I've done. Right. Um, so it's been like easier in a way to deal with that idea. But like until I felt like as soon as I turned 19, I'm like, oh damn, I'm no longer like if I release an app, I'm just like a guy who's released an app versus like Oh, I'm right. a 14 year old who's released an app like that's right. like I was like proud of being able to do that um so it was definitely there was like I was putting a lot of pressure on myself in that sense yeah um, and uh yeah I think now I can sort of look to the future and be like now I just uh, the world is my worst I don't feel old anymore I would say oh awesome even though I'm really happy to hear I that. have in the past yeah yeah yeah, you know, I I kind of resonate with that actually, because when we were in college, I kind of felt that way, because like we we would see people be like maybe a year younger than us or like whatever, and like do certain things or a year older or whatever, yeah, yeah. and then I'd be like, oh wow, to get to that level, like next year, I'd have to make a lot of improvements now. But then nowadays, I hardly think about it. Mm-hmm. I think I think and the when you step out of college, like and you see how many other people like have so many things going on and like. There's so many important things of life. Like, there's some people that literally choose to not, like, that could care less about, like, high-paying jobs. And it's, like, really, it's kind of awesome to see those kind of folks. Like, um, and all they care about is, like, living the cool life and, like, yeah. partying and, like, and, like, that's, and they're, like, happy with it. And it's, like, sick. I, I kind of appreciate it. It's, like, it's, like, well, yeah, uh, no, you have to know what you want. Yeah. And, uh, no, I think it's also, like, very easy to discount your own achievements, uh, mm. I want to say, like, to sort of, like, as soon as you've done something you just like 
okay, I've done it, and it's no longer impressive, even though it's something like you've been working towards right a lot. And whereas when you like see someone else do something, you're like, whoa, that person is like really moving forward in life, even though you like you yourself have done cool things. Like even like right. you know, we both went to like an amazing college, and like just getting into that college was a big achievement. But That's I true. kind of like yeah. Once you're there, you're like, oh yeah, everyone here yeah. is going to this college. It's not impressive, right? Um, but it's you know you have to remember like, yeah, that sometimes you forget about what you've achieved. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, no. Well, not at to, least you have a too deep, at least you have a two-hour podcast that you can look back on exactly. that we can look back on. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Max. Thanks. I'll, I'll end the uh, end the podcast. There you go.